Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Noblesville First. We're so excited you're joining us for worship this morning. We're going to kick it off as we do each week with some praise and worship sung to our God. Why don't you stand and join us as we sing together?
you to turn and pass the peace of Christ to those around you.
your name the mountains shake I bring great news from Bishop Julius Trimble and the cabinet of the United... It'll help me read it, too. <laughs> from the, and from the cabinet, um, who have appointed 
uh, Reverend Nicole Caldwell-Gross to Noblesville First United Methodist Church beginning July 10th. Reverend Caldwell-Gross is a woman on fire for Christ. The flame was fanned on the front pew of her grandparents' church in Detroit, Michigan, and lit her path to Mount Holyoke College, where she received a Bachelor of Arts in Politics, and Princeton Theological Seminary, where she received a Master's of Divinity. Nicole began her ministry journey as an associate pastor of youth and nonprofit public relations director. She then served as a director of mission and community development for the United Methodist Church of Greater New Jersey. She regularly preached, equipped, and developed teams of disciples in rural, suburban, and urban congregations. Reverend Caldwell Gross currently serves as the pastor of mission and mobilization at St. Luke's United Methodist Church in Indianapolis. She is described as a visionary and a bridge-building leader. While God's call has led Nicole to Dubai, United Arab Emirates, Calcutta, Johannesburg, and Havana, Cuba, her most meaningful mission field is in Noblesville, Indiana, where she resides with her husband, Reverend Javon Caldwell-Gross, and three children, Joshua Alexander, Olivia Grace, and Isabella Joy. We'd like to share with you a sample of Pastor Nicole's dynamic preaching by showing a short portion of a Mother's Day sermon she gave a couple of years ago at St. Luke's. In fact, last year, I went to my daughter's preschool class for their Mother's Day celebration, and Olivia had worked on one of those uh, fill-in-the-blank Mother's Day cards where they ask the student a question, and then she responds in the candidly savage way that only a preschooler can. So when they asked her my age, she said that I was 73 years old, you know, so much for my moisturizer. When they asked her the best meal that I cooked, she responded, cereal. (laughs) Cereal. As you can see, motherhood is a thankless and tireless and exhausting job. And every once in a while, between changing diapers, picking up carpools, driving to practices, going to parent-teacher conference, babysitting, cooking, cleaning, comforting, and pouring boxes of cereal. It's in the flick of the wrist, just in case you were wondering. (laughs) We ask ourselves, does any of this matter? Does any of this make a difference at all? I believe we find our answer in the life of Moses. You you, you know Moses. We've been preaching on his life each week in this series on impact. He's, He's the deliverer who brought God's people out of slavery in Egypt and into the promised land. But I want you to remember this. Long before Moses saw a burning bush, parted a Red Sea, or led God's people through the wilderness, he was a helpless child whose life was in danger. And the only thing, the only thing that stood between death and his destiny were mothers. Mothers like Shipra and Pua who disobeyed Pharaoh to save Moses' life. Like his birth mother that laid him in a basket and pushed him down the Nile and away from danger. Like Miriam who watched that basket 
basket with vigilance to make sure that it got to a safe place. Like Pharaoh's daughter, who pulled him out of the water and into her loving arms. And so you see, every single mother mattered. Every single moment made an impact. And there would simply be no Moses without mothers. I'm looking forward to working with Pastor Nicole. I know both Jerry and I are very excited about the spirit she will certainly bring to us here at Noblesville First. So there are some other announcements that we'll cover. Not as exciting as that, but... First of all is our Lenten breakfast coming up on Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. So here, right here in Celebration Hall at 9.30, the United Methodist women will put on a breakfast. Uh, I'll be giving a message, and I know uh, Kristen and I will be giving you some music as well, and a chance for you to have the imposition of ashes with Pastor Jerry and myself right here in Celebration Hall. There's also a Learn About Lent program at 6.30 in Wickham Chapel upstairs. So if you've never really understood what Lent is all about or what we're doing, come up to the chapel. We'll talk about that with our confirmands, their mentors and parents, and then followed by a worship service at 7 o'clock in the sanctuary with imposition of ashes as well. And we also have our respite night coming up. Make sure you take note of that on your on the website and your bulletin. Daylight savings time is two weeks from today. We're letting you know now so you can keep that in the back of your mind. We don't want you all to, to miss church. Okay. So come on, come on out, even with that less one less hour of sleep. And also, if you have any interest in singing in the choir during Lent, some of us like to sing seasonally. Take note that they rehearse on Wednesdays at 7.30 and um, singing at 8.30 and 9.45 on Sunday mornings. And take a moment to appreciate the resurrection window on Easter Sunday as you might be singing with the choir, the Hallelujah Chorus. And there are many, many ways uh, to serve at Noblesville First. So please take a moment and check out on our website the next steps and get involved here in our many missions and ministries here. And, of course, today is a special day. It's Mission Outreach Sunday, and it's a day to celebrate the mission of the church, the many ways that we serve and are the light of Christ in our community. We'll see how people are living out their discipleship in powerful acts of service, as well as inviting others into a meaningful and life-giving relationship with Jesus Christ. And at the close of worship, as we all come forward for communion, You'll be asked to fill out your missions pledge card and drop it in the basket along with your offering for this morning and your connection card. So take note of that as we are in worship this morning. And as we continue, thank 
you. I invite you to share together in saying our mission statement of the United Methodist Church, which will be on our screen here. Let's say this together. Our mission is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And let us now go into a time of prayer where we reflect silently upon the prayers, the joys and concerns of our hearts. I know we all want to take a moment to celebrate the Noblesville girls basketball team who won state. And let's give them a hand. That's amazing. And we thank our hospitality person, Pam, who put a little display out there by the donuts this morning. Take a moment to look at that on your way out if you didn't see it on the way in. And, of course, we are all mindful of what's unfolding in Ukraine and Russia um, and all of those. So we just invite you in a moment of silence to lift up whatever is on your heart, followed by a pastoral prayer and the words of the Lord's Prayer together. Let us pray. A holy and loving God, we give you thanks for this sacred time and place that we are in in this moment. We acknowledge the pain of our world, especially in times of war, in famine or disease, oppression or violence. We take a moment to lift up the people of Ukraine and those in Russia who wanted nothing to do with the conflict. We pray for all persons around the world who are struggling with war or oppression, for those who are displaced, for those who find themselves as refugees fleeing for safety. And Lord, on this Mission Outreach Sunday, we are so thankful of the many ways in which we can give to help those in need, to pray for people who are hurting, and the ways that we can shine your light into a world that is at times so dark. So we lift to you today whatever is on our hearts, whether it's a stress or an anxiety or a concern about health, Perhaps it's someone that we love who's going through a hard time. We take a moment, oh God, to pray for our church as we welcome a new pastor in a few months. We pray your blessing upon her life and the life of her family. We take a moment to pray for our Noblesville community in times of celebration and joy and also times where we seem to be divided. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Stir our hearts to action. Stir our lives for compassion. Stir our souls to continue to reach for you. We give thanks, O oh God, in so many things, and we ask each and every prayer this morning said aloud or to ourselves in the name of Jesus who teaches us to pray by saying the prayer that he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. We'd like to take a few moments now to celebrate the many ways that we have been able to do our mission outreach here at Noblesville First. So in 2021, we distributed over $35,700 to mission outreach funds to shine forth the light of Christ and enable ministry to happen both locally and with our ministry partners around the world. Let's give ourselves a round of applause. That's amazing, the ways that we've been able to give. So for the next few minutes, we're going to share with you just a few ways that your giving for missions have made an impact in the last year. First, we have support of missionaries. So we have Jonathan Long with One World Mission, who serves for Hungary. We also have Sandy Newcomer, who serves right here in Indiana. She works out of Greenwood for One World Mission. We also support students abroad, such as Clarice, who lives in Angola. And we have a video to share with you of her. Hello, olá igreja. Meu nome é Clarice Rosa França Mocuenda, conhecida pela maioria. Mando esse vídeo para agradecer a ajuda que a igreja tem dado por mim. Dizer que estou no quarto ano, falta-me apenas um ano. Apesar da pandemia, estamos a conseguir concluir com o ano letivo. E está a ser uma experiência boa. Agradeço bastante pela oportunidade que vocês me deram de poder fazer a universidade. Os projetos para o futuro são tantos, tantos, tantos. Primeiro, concluir mesmo com a licenciatura, a ajudar a minha família. Fazer o curso de advocacia, posteriormente, se Deus permitir, ver condições, fazer a magistratura para trabalhar no Tribunal de Contas. Beijinhos a todos. Que esse vídeo chegue para todos também. Bye! Obrigada por tudo que tenham feito. Espero um dia estar ali convosco para poder vos conhecer pessoalmente. Amen. Clarice is a relative of the Chimbanda family that attends here. And again, she's a student in Angola. And of course, we also celebrate and support the Dinners on Us ministry, which you can see here, the carts of, of food that go out to our neighbors right here in Noblesville. We thank Loe Milam and the wonderful women that uh, and the teams that help her distribute so many food items to combat food insecurity in our neighborhood right here. We also, of course, celebrate our ministry to Teeter Farm this morning with $7,650 given last year. And a reminder that at Teeter Farm, their mission is to combat food insecurity, to build community through meaningful relationships across barriers that sometimes divide us, and to educate children and adults on the importance of environmental stewardship and care. I invite you to enjoy this video with our farm manager, Katie Rogers. Thanks to your support of Teeter through your purchases at the farmer's market, your CSA membership, 
The time you put in cleaning cabins and seeding plants, watering in the greenhouse, and packing vegetables. Thanks to your donations, you're spreading the word, you're participating in events, you're renting the facilities. Thanks to the hard work of Team Teeter and the support of our community, in 2021, this young farm donated 21,113 servings of produce and more than 5,000 eggs. We planted our orchard and put a fence around it, built our fourth high tunnel, grew the CSA program, and doubled the retreat center bookings. We planted 115 Norway spruce as a windbreak along the frontage, removed acres of invasive plants from the woods. We had a record-breaking farm-to-table dinner and Mother's Day plant sale. We installed a new cut flower field, got a new roof on the lodge, completed the Hirschfield bridge build, and added new trails. We hosted hundreds for classes and programs, including over 100 FFA students who took tours during their national convention. We started working with local farms to produce compost. And most importantly, thanks to you, someone in need is less hungry. A child has dug in the soil and our community is stronger. The need remains great. So we will increase our donations again this season. We're excited to work towards building our new washpack building so that we can provide produce even when the outside water lines are frozen. Thank you for answering the call and touching lives through your support of Teeter. Bonnie Zickrab pointed out there's a cross at the end of that video in the clouds. So go back and watch the movie on our website and see it. We also continue to celebrate the ways that our youth can reach out through missions such as Give Kids the World. We hope to take a trip sometime and resume that really amazing experience for them, Give Kids the World. Future mission trips, opportunities for service, retreats for spiritual formation, and of course our respite nights for parents of children with disabilities. And now I'm going to invite Pastor Jerry to come up and share about continued support and participation in mission outreach. So we support Africa University, have been doing so for many years. Africa University trains pastors. They build business leaders who are entrepreneurs that are expanding the economies of many African nations. Did you know that on every given Sunday in the continent of Africa, over 100,000 people join the United Methodist Church every Sunday? So those pastors fuel that ministry. Fishers United Methodist Church come to me food pantry. Uh, Maybe in Fishers, but you know their largest clientele comes from the city of Noblesville. Forty percent of their clients are from Noblesville. So it's our food pantry as well. Family Promise in Hamilton County has really been challenged trying to carry its ministry forward during the pandemic because uh, it's been impossible to host families in churches, uh, but they continue to exist to help in the ways that they can when homelessness has popped up and looking forward to reestablishing that 
that ongoing ministry, and we are one of those churches that do that. Sunshine Friends has been around for over 30 years. They provide socialization for adults with special needs. Fletcher Place Community Center tries to break the cycle of poverty in that portion of Indianapolis. Mission Guatemala, we've talked about. They serve the underserved people of the Mayan population in the nation of Guatemala. The Angel Tree for youth residents at the Indiana United Methodist Children's Home in Lebanon. They have, uh, this past Christmas, we took 180 gifts and gift cards to them. So if you took one of those off the tree, you were one of those. Uh, their uh, students have been so impressed with what we've done, they have come several times to our worship because they let them choose where they want to go, and they've chosen to come here. The Cherry Center serves as advocates for children who are victims of abuse in our county. Uh, Jerry Barr was one of the original founders of that agency, one of her own. And Prevail is a domestic violence center here in Noblesville. Ugly Quilts, our Ugly Quilts group here that meets, uh, made 20 quilts this year to be distributed to the homeless. Hamilton County Sheriff's Chaplain, they provide spiritual direction and counseling to inmates in Hamilton County. And Janus Developmental Services, a partnership we've enjoyed for several years now. They uh, provide transportation, job training, and job placement for adults with special needs. And certainly the Dinners on Us continues to be a ministry. We're looking forward to the day when we can actually serve the meal again for residents that come and experience it. So as you can see, uh, in spite of the challenges of the pandemic and COVID, we've continued to reach out and do what we can to make an impact upon the lives of people here in this community and beyond. And of course, we celebrate our United Methodist women in the many ways that they give to missions. This past year, they raised over $21,237 toward global and local missions. And of course, when you attend things like the rummage sale or beloved bags, baskets, and blessings, you are doing your part to help them do their mission and outreach work as well. So thank you, thank you, thank you for your faithful giving, which allows us to go where the Spirit leads us and to make a difference in the world through the light of Christ. And now we will have our scripture reading as we enter into our time of the message to challenge, inspire, and encourage us this morning. Hear these words from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 16 through 19. So then... From this point on, we won't recognize people by human standards, even though we used to know Christ by human standards. That isn't how we know him now. So then, if anyone is in Christ, that person is part of the new creation. The old things have gone away, and look, new things have arrived. All of these new things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ, and who gave us the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, God was reconciling the world to himself through Christ by not counting people's sins against them. He has trusted us with this message of reconciliation. We are thankful for the gift of scripture. And I'd like to introduce to you my dear friend, Reverend Jennifer Huff. And she is an ordained deacon who serves as the missions coordinator for the Indiana Conference of the United Methodist Church. And she serves as an extension of the conference superintendent in the Northeast District. She also serves as the chairperson for the Bishop's Initiative, Children Matter Most. Reverend Huff is called to be a bridge between the church 
in the community, and she's passionate about equipping and offering resources to local churches. She's married to Reverend John Huff, and they live in Cherubusco, which I'm told is Busco for short, and that's near Fort Wayne, in case you're not familiar with it. And they live there with their three elementary-aged children whom they adopted in 2018 out of foster care. Please welcome Jen Huff. Good morning. Thank you for having me to be here with you today. I really appreciate all that I've gotten to learn about this morning that you do and the ways in which you are the hands and feet of Christ. In your community and outside and inside of these walls. So I wanted to bring you greetings from Bishop Trimble from the conference office. And I wanted to give you an update about what's happening with missions at the conference office. So can I trade mics with you real quick? It's going to be falling off. Thank you. How's that? Okay. Then I won't play with it the whole time. All right. So um, from the conference standpoint, um, we are giving out grants for people who are doing ministry in Indiana and throughout the world. And I love to be able to talk about and resource you. If that is something you're interested in, you can find a list of our grants on our conference website. I work with Pastor Zachary Manton, who is our Conference Secretary of Global Ministries. He keeps us informed about global ministries and also about um, developing and continuing our partnerships with missionaries. We will soon have a United Methodist Volunteer and Mission Coordinator, and they help do trainings for people who want to lead mission trips and also help partner churches and groups with United Methodist-based missions. We work with 501c3s like Mission Guatemala, Africa University, and Operation Classroom. We are working on revamping up faith community nursing, and disaster response is going strong. Reverend Cindy Garver and Reverend John Young are co-coordinators, disaster response coordinators, and they are helping us with our emergency response team member trainings. So when UMCOR goes in after a disaster happens, conferences will sometimes invite outside conferences to come, and even in our own state, and they can go there with teams, sometimes on their own, start tarping, cleaning up, and with the long-term recovery process. We also are restarting our Connecting Neighbors module trainings, and those are for laity and people in the communities who want to work on how to prevent and to respond to disasters when they occur in an even better way. To get to what we're talking about today, though, I want to show you a Mr. Rogers clip first. There are many ways to make pictures and letters and clouds. And there are many ways to tell and show people you love them. There are many ways to say I love you. There are many ways to say I care about you. Many ways Many ways to say 
are many ways to say I love you Just by being there when things are sad and scary Just by being there Being there Being there to say I love you Cleaning up a room can say I love you Hanging up a coat before you're asked to do it. Drawing special pictures for the holidays. And making plays. You'll find many ways to say I love you. You'll find many ways to understand what love is. Many ways. Many ways. Many ways. To say, I love you. As you grow, I trust that you are finding many more ways to show and tell people that you love them. Those are the most important things that you'll ever learn to do. Because loving people and animals and the world we all live in is the most important part of being alive. Let us go to God in prayer. God, in these next few moments, I pray that there would be less and less of me and more and more of you. For you, O Lord, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So in my first few months in this position, there have been lots of disasters. We've had Hurricane Ida, the earthquake in Haiti, tornadoes and fires throughout the country. Afghans have been displaced from their homes and arriving to the United States as our new neighbors. And I hope you'll keep your eye out for more information about how we'll continue to serve them through our annual conference offering opportunities. And then we've had this pandemic that we're a part of. We have probably had suffering in our personal lives. And we've had it in the lives of those around us, including our brothers and sisters in Ukraine and Russia. These are just a few of the things that have recently happened in our world. There are so many people who need light in the midst of this darkness, who need hope and healing from all that's happened. So let us then hear and share the good news. God is present and is working in the world today where most people would not expect. God is present in the suffering of the world. There's a picture, maybe, that says, maybe you've seen it online, that will never look into the eyes of someone that God does not love. There it is. I wish it also said that we will never look into the eyes of somebody where God is not embodied. God lives in each one of us. Where there's suffering in the world, the church is called to be present as well. God's presence may be noticed in these moments when the church is present. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. How are we as Christ's disciples called to be present in the midst of and response to the suffering of the world? The scripture for today gives us an answer to this question. Divine compassion transforms us. We're given the ministry of reconciliation. We are called to be in relationship with others. We are to love as Christ loves. We are blessed by the gifts of one another. There are so very many ways to say I love you. 
Together we experience reconciliation and we are redeemed. It's okay to meet God where we are in our context, but to follow God, we must cross over into other contexts. And it's not optional. It's what builds up our church. When we live as God is calling us to live, we are getting our hands dirty and our lives become this beautiful mess. How do we live that out with other people? Beyond radical hospitality, we bridge the gaps, heal the wounds, forgive our enemies, and form new relationships. God summons us beyond simplistic forms of forgiveness, urging us to connect at a deep level with others. While this is important, it's not just about us doing things for others, giving money, items, serving a meal, praying, but it's all of us finding one another, making space for everyone, even those we're serving, to share their gifts and to be on a journey together in relationship with one another. It's pretty easy to see what needs rebuilt, who needs food, a warm coat, new shoes, school supplies, a new or improved home. And all of these are important ways we can serve in our community. But it can be more difficult to see into the souls and hearts of those around us. What are their needs? How can we shine light into the darkness in their lives? One of the types of relationships that we're encouraging people and churches in Indiana to develop, which you are doing a fabulous job at, are the relationships with children and their families so that we can show, as Bishop Trimble has asked, that children matter most. We currently have three focus areas that stem from a resolution that was passed at annual conference. They are nonviolence, food insecurity, and building relationships with local schools. We have a conference coming up on October 1st at Franklin Grace United Methodist Church called All In, and I hope to see some people from this church in attendance and maybe teaching some of our breakout sessions about all of the great things that you do so we can replicate this in other places in Indiana. We are going to learn so that we can make sure that children know they matter most in our different areas. To eradicate violence and food insecurity and to reach out to local schools, we must build relationships and be about the ministry of reconciliation. We are looking into the hearts and souls of children and their families. Seeing with the eyes of our heart is our ability to receive the world around us at a deeper level than surface realities. We aren't just seeing what we can do to fix problems, but what can we do to prevent these from happening? One of my hobbies is that of photography. We often use the word take when we talk about photography. Take a picture. Who took it? When and where was it taken? When we're building relationships and reconciling, when we're serving in mission, living out our lives that are missional, making sure that children matter most and sharing love in a variety of different ways, instead of taking, we can learn to receive the gifts that are around us, to be present enough. So when that photographic moment arrives, we're able to receive it fully with our whole hearts. Rather than taking the photos, we can practice receiving the images that are taken as a gift. We are staying awake and alert participating fully in the messiness, and we keep our eyes open for the holy presence in our midst. 
We aren't just saying I love you, but we're open to the many ways in which others are saying they love us too. How simple it is to just take the camera and click and point. And whether you still develop photos, right away post them onto social media, or maybe look at the screen, you might notice afterwards that there was hair in somebody's face. Or if you just would have moved a step to the right or left, the photo would have looked immensely better than the one you took. So we can reframe and refocus if we take a quick peek at the picture and take the picture again. Sometimes in life we need to reframe or refocus where or how we belong to reframe our ways of thinking or reframe our reactions and our response. We can reframe our narrative with pictures that are remarkably inspiring and hopeful. By experimenting with the frames that we use to understand ourselves and the world around us, we can expand our gaze and begin to see all kinds of things previously hidden or overlooked. We need to become aware of what and whom we overlook. How might we need to reframe our gaze and our values? One way of saying I love you might look like praying through our eyes. Praying through our eyes, using our eyes to see what's visible and invisible on the outside and the inside can help us to be prophetic and to take action against the injustices in this world. That is how we live lives that are missional moving us towards God's calling on our lives. When we set out to photograph something, we're tasked with revealing the essence, the true spirit of it. Our images might awaken others, ignite a passion, or lead to an action that will make a difference. These are really difficult times on earth. These are the times, though, when we as image makers, as those who pray through our eyes, who love one another as Jesus loves us, can be of use. Every time we pray through our eyes, we choose to contribute something valuable. The power of prayer and the gifts that God has bestowed in each and every one of us can have the power to lift others up, the power to change the world. So what then shall we focus on? What stories shall we tell? Which way will we use to say, I love you? What are we passionate about? What do we know that we can pass on to others? What is missing that we might add? This is our time to do God's work, to make things happen, and to make something of the gifts that we've all been given. This is our time to be the hands and feet of Christ and to contribute to the healing the reconciliation and the redemption of this fragile earth. It's our time to build relationships and community with the beautiful beings that cross our path. I can't wait to hear about what's next for you and this church and this community. As Pastor Jill shared, I really love equipping and empowering laity. And so however I can be resourceful to you and to this church and offer support, I would love to do so. On this Missions Outreach Sunday, may you be invigorated and feel God's nudging on your life, and may you be bold in your response to God's call. Amen. All right, so we've taken a good look at 
what we've accomplished in 2021. We've celebrated that ministry. So let's look ahead to 2022. You know, there's a lot that's been uncertain during this time of the pandemic, but our goals remain the same. We're still called to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. We're called to feed the hungry, to love our neighbors, to walk with our children, and to serve locally and globally. So this year, we've set a goal of raising $40,000 that we can continue this great work in many ways to reach out the name of Jesus. So I invite you now to pull out your mission outreach pledge card. If you did not get one on the way in, we'd be happy to, I'll come around and make sure that you do have one if you'd like one. And to discern and pray about what you will give in this coming year for mission outreach. You may also fill out an online pledge card online if you'd like to take it home and think about it. You can make your pledge there as well. So when after Matt does the communion uh, part of our worship and you come forward, you're invited also to bring your mission outreach pledge card forward as an act of worship along with your connection card and your offering this morning. So in this moment, let us pray over our pledge cards and the way that we will give. Holy Spirit, come. Fill us so that we can overflow with your love and grace and share it with others. Bless each person who makes a commitment today to go where your spirit leads and strengthen and empower us for this wild and wonderful work. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This time we're going to move into a time of Holy Communion. Here in the Methodist Church, we believe in an open table, which means you don't have to be a member of this church or any church to join with us in communion. The only thing we ask is that you desire a deeper relationship with God. Over the last couple weeks for our, our Thursday worship, we've been talking about God's plan for your life. And I've done a lot of research into what a lot of different people think God's plan is for people's lives. But there was one that I came across recently that I'd never really heard before. It makes sense when you think about it, but it's not really the way we talk about it all that often. It said that God's plan for you is for you to be fed, is for you to be clothed, for you to be in community and visited when you are sick and in prison. But God doesn't tell you that that's the plan for you. He tells you that that's the plan for the people who know you. That when we go and feed the hungry, when we go and clothe the naked, when we go and visit the sick and in prison, we are then doing the work of God. So today, as you come, as you join with others in community at the table of God, I invite you to understand and realize that part of our purpose here on this earth is exactly what we're talking about today. To make it so the world looks like the kingdom of God that is coming, where everyone is welcome at the table, where there are no tears, where there is no hunger and no thirst. As Jill said, we're, we'll, in a moment we'll have a prayer, and then when you come forward, you can bring your action card. You can bring 
your faith promise card or your offering and drop it in the basket here on the right as an act of worship. The basket on the left contains communion cups. You can grab one of those, take it back to your seat if you want. You can stop at the kneeling benches and say a prayer, light a candle, whatever it is that draws you into worship today. As we remember, we remember the night that Jesus was killed. He was eating with his friends. And he took bread and he broke it. And he gave it to his friends and he said, take and eat. This is my body, which is for you. And after supper, he took a cup and he blessed it. And he gave it to his friends and he said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's pray together. God, we thank you this morning for this opportunity to be here as a community of God. We just ask that you would just fill our hearts with the desire to love, to go into the world and do your will, to, to leave here different than we walked in, invigorated and ready to take the next step in whatever that is in making this world look more and more like your kingdom. God, we thank you for the opportunity to join together at a table. Even when we feel unworthy, even when things aren't the way we think they should be, you say, come. Come and be filled. God, we ask that you fill us today. And we ask, as we do each week, that you make these gifts of food and drink for us to be the body and blood of Jesus Christ. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The table is open, friends. Come.
invite you to stand and join us. Maybe dance a little bit as we close in song. much for joining us this morning. We now invite you to go in the faith and the knowledge that we were built to make God's kingdom here. <laughs>